Dear Heavenly Father, we are so pleased to be in your presence today, and, and Lord, we just wish that you will enter our hearts and enter our minds and enter our, enter our souls, Father, so we can do your work and do it more effectively and spread the gospel, Lord. We know you're coming soon, and we need all the strength, the wisdom, the knowledge, and the patience of the character shown by Jesus Christ to accomplish our mission here and to accomplish the spread of the gospel. This is my heartfelt prayer today, Lord, that, that the presentation that I present today is your will and not my own, and that those here today will get a blessing from it, use the information to advance your plan for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, thanks for coming. I know it's so far away, I didn't think anybody was going to be here today, so, but thank you. My name is Mark Cromwell. I'm with AdTrends Advertising, Inc. I'm also an ASI member and the Executive Vice President of ASI Mid-America. And uh, our topic today is developing an effective marketing strategy. Um, a little bit about my company. We founded it, and I founded it in 1991. We're located in Blue Springs, Missouri, which is just east of uh, Kansas City, Missouri, right down I-70. Um, we have 10 employees and seven professional contract partners, and those people are like copywriters, um, uh, web marketers, bloggers, those kind of guys that we contract directly to, and uh, to help us get all our work done that we need to get done. We get uh, a lot of requests and handle a lot of accounts. We deal nationally, so uh, a couple of international accounts. Our services include uh, marketing consulting, uh, web development, internet marketing, corporate web stores, printing services, uh, promotional products, and, and large format. Some, of, some production we do in-house as well. The objective that uh, we have for our clients in their marketing programs uh, is to develop a dynamic and effective, make them dynamic, effective, and affordable. Uh, we take the time to get to know our clients and understand their business, and that's really a critical part of what we do is um, if there's something that we need to develop, we try to get to know the client and that relationship that they have with the customer so we can we do something, we can make it sensible. And that's probably the fourth part of that first statement was it needs to be a sensible approach. Um, and uh, we also develop uh, custom marketing solutions to uh, maximize new sales opportunities. And I, and I don't put maximize sales opportunities to existing customers in there because we feel that if you maximize your sales to new opportunities, that will actually do a reverse kind of a flow back to what your current business strategies are already to your existing accounts. That makes sense? So you can kind of have a fresh, energized approach if you have a new approach to gaining access to new markets. Have you ever seen that before? Does that make sense? And also by partnering with AdTrends, you can be assured that your marketing investment will generate powerful returns and fuel ongoing growth and a success of your business or organization. Again, today's topic is developing effective marketing strategies. In this session, we'll look at simple marketing approaches that will not only help grow your business organization, <clears throat> but more importantly, will help promote relationship building practices in your church and church programs. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
I'm going to go through two kind of scenarios. So we're going to jump back and forth. We're going to look at, you know, church kind of marketing programs correlated with kind of business marketing programs. And so some of the terminology is going to kind of cross over. So I'll try not to get confusing because the marketing person that I am for the past 23 years kind of comes out in my vocabulary. So excuse, excuse any confusion. And, and, and always feel free to raise your hand and go, you know, hey, stop. What's that mean? Okay. Um, you'll discover three basic steps to a proven marketing plan, and you will learn to master uh, a marketing strategy that produces results. Um, I'm going to try to get through really kind of quick so, uh, so we can have some um, question and answers at the end. Um, I'm going to be using some biblical texts uh, to use as a methodology for us to follow in building our strategies. And in no way am I implying that Jesus, I don't want to offend anybody, that you know Jesus was any kind of salesperson or used psychological techniques or methods to promote anything he did. So don't uh, take anything I say wrong. I, I love the Lord. And, and I know that we're here to do his work. And, uh, you know, a little testimony about me. I, I've really only been an Adventist about six and a half years. So um, that's why I didn't start off with any jokes, because I really don't know any that would be appropriate. You know, I'm still kind of getting out of that thing. But anyway, the Lord is moving me, in, you know, quickly through a, a progression here, I think. And, and uh, it's really good. I enjoy it. Uh, but again, I'm, I got to get a little bit more acclimated. <laughs> uh, as the Bible says, we need con to constantly examine and implement examples Jesus provided us in every aspect of our lives. And that flows down to the things you'll learn. You can substitute words for relationships in your own families and communities. The time is short, and we need to organize our movement by having a clear vision to reach out and develop relationships in our community. People will be looking for comfort, answers, and safety, and we need to prepare now. Amen? You know, I did a lot of church visits in Kansas City, <clears throat> probably about 18 to 20 of them. I went to one church that had the vision for their church up on the wall out of 18 or 20 churches. And that's really, really a shame. And if you look around at, at the Baptist community, the Catholic community, I mean, they have very clearly stated visions for their church. And we need to do the same thing. And, you know, I know that this church has it. I just don't think that, at least in my area, that they really understand the value of that and rallying people behind that vision. And I think, you know, I think part of, and, and I, I love the word, the movement for this church, because to me, that's what it's all about. I mean, that's my driving force, and I believe that to be true. And every, every movement throughout history and down through time, and I'll even show, you know, Jesus had a vision, okay? And his vision was promoted constantly through his years of ministry to the fact that, you know, three and a half years later, 
he provided us something that still is thriving today. And, and that's amazing. That truly is amazing. At the outset of any uh, visioning statement, oh, and, I, and, and back up a little bit too on the visioning, I, I really am trying to promote in, in our conference that at the onset of any new board, uh, uh, when, when you do the, the new board nominees and they have the new board come in, that we try to write practices for the first thing that they do is they lock themselves in a room until they come out in a visioning mission statement meeting. And then they have to come in that meeting and they have to come out with a vision for what they're going to accomplish and how they're going to do it during their tenure. And I think that is something that really, you know, needs to happen. I know it needs to happen in my church, but I tell you, it's a, it's a challenge trying to get that done. But if one thing you can take away from here is really try to get, you know, your churches. And, and if, uh, well, you know, who's a business owner here? Are we have business owners? Same thing. Okay. So you can substitute church in my presentation for business. Okay. So at the onset of creating a vision, I can't create a vision without having a goal at the end of that vision, right? So Jesus had a goal at the end of his vision, and we'll get to that shortly. And then in Luke 2, verse 49, And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? was that I must be about my father's business. So it's clear that Jesus was here for a business, correct? And there was a business to be done, a purpose for him to be here, a vision that was developed in heaven for him to be here, right? Would you agree to that? So what was that? What was his father's business? The phrase, the testimony of Jesus, is mentioned four times in the book of Revelation. The content in which it is used makes the meaning plain. In Revelation 1-2, it refers back to the first verse, which says that God gave Jesus Christ his special message, his special message and Christ in turn sent it to John by an angel. In other words... What we now have as the book of Revelation is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Does everybody agree to that or anybody disagree with that? So the revelation is to reveal or reestablish the character of God. So that's as simple as a vision needs to be, a vision statement, okay? A mission statement. This is what we're going to do. This is what, what we need to accomplish. And then... You can put that in the middle of a circle, and you can have all these little tentacles out of the programs and, and, and uh, ancillary uh, community outreach programs that you have that the message fundamentals all flow back to that center mission. Make sense? That's exactly what Jesus did. So what's our desired outcomes? You know, increase your membership of your church by 100 people, have 100 baptisms, start 10 Bible studies. They can be broken out in that vision and that goal setting however you want. But now you're getting a vision for your church. Who wants to be a part of that committee to, raise, to go and try to 
create a plan to increase our church members by 100 this year. Now you're getting direct questions for people. Not that you're our lay minister and we need you to kind of do that. Not that you're our interest minister and you'd have to do that. And then you have this little guidebook of what that is, but it doesn't tell me what I need to do. Okay? So I can look in the manual, I can see what that board position is, but it doesn't tell me what I need to do. Am I right or am I wrong? I've read it, at least the Iowa, Missouri one. So this would be forming a committee of, of church members to accomplish that. And they have to stay in the confines of the vision. So if we had the, if we had the vision, you got the vision here, that is an arm to that going bi-directional, 100 new members. Make sense? Okay. Why that is important is because in most businesses we have how many legs going off of that? How many legs would how many legs in your your business owner, right? How many how many product lines you got coming off of that? Okay? Yeah, and how many people are talking about those products? And are they talking in the terms of this vision? <laughs> but you know, that's the same thing in a church. Is consistency breeds what? Okay, if you're consistent, if you're a consistent dad, what are you? Yeah, that's right. People trust you. Mm -hmm. So if we have a consistent movement, people are going to be what? They're going to be what? Somebody said something. What are they going to be? Huh? Confident. Confident. What else? Committed. Committed. What else? Open. Open. What else? Eric, come on. You got this one. Uh-huh. Close. Close to what I'm looking for. He said inspired. Yep. Okay. What happened? What was the result of Jesus' action? He, people was, well, but that's true. Uh-huh. But the more word I'm looking for is attracted, okay? People were attracted to him. Why were they attracted to him? Because of trust. They trusted what he said. He was believable. He was consistent, okay? His message never changed no matter where he went or who he talked to. It was the same with the Pharisees. It was the same with the, the, the prostitute or the drunkard, right? People see that. So develop an effective marketing strategy. Did Jesus have a plan? I think we just talked about it. Yes, he did. What was the plan? We can define that in pretty much three steps. Number one, we define the opportunity of what that is. Okay? An opportunity, if we're talking in a business sense, is lead development maybe. You know, we're, we're, how do I get people? How do I attract them to my business? Same thing as how do I attract them to the church? What's my plan for doing that? What's my presentation? How am I talking to them? If we're out trying to grow our church by 100 new members, why? Don't we have to answer the question 
of ourselves is why, what, and when. So what are we doing? Why are we doing it? How are we going to get them to come? So we have to answer those questions before we go out and talk to people. It's super easy to put, you know, a, a flyer or the signs or anything in front of somebody and go door to door and hand them out. We are going to waste our people's energy and motivation by doing that. You know, and it's a good ministry, and I'm not saying that it's not, but we could do better. And I think Jesus gives us the examples to do better. So when we're out doing those things, we need to have a plan of action that aligns with our vision. Agree? That leads us to the next step, which is if we're doing something and we're engaging somebody, then we have to have a call to action, right? We have to ask them to do something. We have to execute our plan, right? So if we execute our plan and we have a clearly defined call to action, we are being consistent, correct? If we're consistent, we can be trusted. If we can be trusted, we will be attracted to people. People will be attracted to us. And then the third step, which probably most companies fall down right here, okay? They're really good at developing a good plan. They've got a great product, great message, great delivery systems. They're good at call to actions. They get people to respond, but they can't deliver a follow-up. And they, they can't deliver it because it's the last thing. It's the number three. It's the last thing you think about. They're so reactive. And I get caught into that trap in my business. I'm so reactive with what I have to do. If we run a promotion, then I have to come back and I have to really think about, well, now, you know, how do I follow up with this? How do I get my people to follow up with that? This should be probably the first thing you should do. You should do really direct your development probably from your follow-up procedures and really ask that question when you're strategizing what that is. Can we follow up effectively? And if we can't, don't do it. If you cannot gather the data, the information of the possible 100 people, then you have nothing to follow up to. Does that make sense? So you can't just go, you know, knock on the door and, hi, I'm with the church down the street. Thank you. Okay? I got, I got nothing for that. Okay, so let's think about things that we can do that will want Harry to give me his name and number even, okay, so that I can start, you know, building a relationship. I spent the time knocking on 150 doors. I want to meet somebody, okay, and I want to be able to come meet them again. So let's talk about what that follow-up is. Let's talk about how do I meet Harry again? You know what the statistic is on how many times I got to meet Harry before we actually he remembers me? How many? Eight? Seven? Five? How about twelve? <laughs> no, it's more like twelve. Okay? It is. Believe it or not, I know it's a big number. 
Does everybody see the importance of follow-up? Mm -hmm. Before you start really can get to know that person. Mm -hmm. Yep. I know it's a big number. Okay, the first step is we need to identify the opportunity. Okay, build a plan, build a team, build a committee to address the issues and the goals or the programs that you want to start implementing. We're going to use um, Jesus's example of creating a committee. And we're going to find that in uh, Matthew 4, verse 18 through 20. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon and Peter. Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saw them, he said unto them, he saith unto them, I'm sorry, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. What we need to understand is that we have to understand how to talk to people if we're going to represent what we're doing, okay? If we're gonna, if we're gonna develop a plan to, to get 100 people to our church, then we need to develop the programs, events, the methodology to deliver that message to achieve that goal. Does that make sense? And Jesus said that too, and it's really, you know, oversimplified in the verse, but, you know, I can see Jesus walking down the beach and seeing these two guys working, focused, and they were smiling when they were working. I guarantee it. And I can see him thinking, these are my kind of guys. And I can see him bending down and looking right in their eyes and going, I need you to help me. And they trusted him, and they did it. And we need, to be, we, need to be, we need to be taking those examples and really using them. And, and he's laid that all out in front of us to just, here, it's for free, take it. We need to do it. One of the things we need to do is we all need to communicate and learn how to communicate. And one of the things that I want to start practicing in my church is that if we're going to go out, and we're, we're, we've got this community of prayer program that, that we are starting in our church. And I'm going to use it for an example today because it's perfect. It's, it's a typical kind of a program. But you can mimic this or, you know, uh, redefine it however you want and to fit whatever scenario that you have going on in your business or your church. The same thing. And the first thing we learn to do is develop a 30-second commercial. See, so this is a marketing thing coming out, okay? Not say Jesus had a commercial. I'm saying we need a commercial. Because we are not Jesus, okay? So we need to understand what we're saying, and we all need to be consistent about it. And the best thing we can do to train people, um, has anybody ever been in a sales training program? Raise your hand. What do they do? They walk you through it, don't they? They role play. They give you your 30-second commercial. You practice it. You practice it. You practice it. So we need to start training our members and people that want to participate and people that are on fire for the Lord are wanting this. They will do it. I guarantee you. We just got to teach them. Okay? And here's an example of a 30-second commercial. And it could be super simple. It could be even simpler than this one. Hello, my name is Mark and my church is collecting prayer requests today. Just say I met this guy on the street at the grocery store and knocked on his door, whatever. Okay? 
We have started a group prayer program that will focus prayers on those in our community who are in need. The prayer group will meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. In addition to community prayer requests, we're also praying for our city leaders, fire, and police departments in hopes that all receive a blessing for peace and safety through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, how unintrusive is that? I want to pray for you. That's all we're saying here. That's all we're saying. And, and but keep in mind, we need to meet people, right? We need to collect data, right? So we're creating a very sincere, okay, and this is really real, and it's a, I love this program because I think everything we do in our church needs to encompass a prayer group, everything. If you don't have prayer groups going on in your church, it's like a business not having a marketing philosophy, principle. I mean, they might as well just shut the door. They don't have any operating procedures, nothing. Because I think that's how critical prayer is in our churches. Prayer groups, people participating every single day in prayer. And that's what I'm saying here, is that we want to expand that and be known as the church of prayer. Okay? We don't want any stereotypes. I, you know, I really never heard of Adventism much, you know, before I became one. So I wasn't, didn't have any preconceived opinions one way or the other. But, you know, now that I am, there are preconceived opinions, and they're mostly based on not being knowledgeable, not, not knowing. So I think we have an opportunity even today to change that or to have something in place to facilitate a different opinion, okay? I think we can remold our, our opinion. I think we can remold our, I'm looking for a word here in a marketing guy and I can't even think of it. Image, thank you. I think we can remold our image very easily by doing things like this. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for your community. We want you to participate. And if, we're, if we want to get out there and plant seeds, we need the information to go and plant the seed. You know, we need to do that. We need to do it through building relationship. Because I want to be there when my friends, families, neighbors, coworkers need me to be. But I need to have a relationship with them for that to happen. And I think God will make that happen. At the onset of any program, there needs to be a training and lead opportunity generation conversation. So that's where this is all going. You have to, this is on the onset. We have to understand, everybody has to understand what we're doing, what we're saying, what are all three points, what, what we're doing from beginning to end. Step two is the execution part. What, did, what was Jesus' call to action? Did he have one? Do you think Jesus had a call to action? What was it? Do you remember our verse? Does anybody know? Follow me. That's right. And he said to them, follow me. And what did they do? They followed him. Why did they follow him? Because what? Because they had the testimony from John the Baptist, which mm-hmm. is the believe, and then they actually went and listened to him beforehand. I mean, this, happened, this didn't happen. Like, this isn't the first time they met him. John right. the Baptist mm-hmm. led him to him, so he had a testimony from somebody mm-hmm. else that said, this is the guy. They mm-hmm. actually went and listened to him for a while yep. and 
They, they trusted him. And so then when he asked, he said, yeah, mm-hmm. trust me. That's right. The key word there is trusted. How can you have trust for anyone if you don't have a relationship with them? With them? You have to know them. You have to know their character for me to be able to trust you. I'm just not going to trust anybody, especially today. <clears throat> Back to the community of prayer call to action. And that is, we would like to pray for you or anyone you know that is in need. Please complete the form so we have a card that they fill out. And we can either take it then, they can mail it back, or they can drop it in a drop box that we're going to put on the corner. And we're going to also, and this is another very important key, is that you always, and this is where I love movement, because marketing programs things like you know programs like this are moving so they never never do you have something that goes and stops at number 1 or drop it off at the box but additionally we have okay inviting you to join us on Tuesday night and pray with us please feel free to stop by so always, and you'll notice this, you just watch marketing and things that happen in your, in, the li- in your life, there's always a movement to something else. Every time you're exposed to something, there's always something else to look forward to, right? This is a great product, but the next one's going to be even better. So get on board now, right? We need to be doing those same principles. Jesus did the same thing, didn't he? He said, follow me, and the words would be great, didn't he? Yes? So is your Tuesday night meeting or preaching service with five minutes of prayer or 30 minutes of prayer? One hour. One hour, yes. One hour of prayer. Yes. Yep. What was Jesus' follow-up? Oh, I clicked it. I didn't mean to. I knew you'd have the answer, too. (laughs) I will make you fishers of men. What does that mean? What do you guys think that means? Okay, I'm going to teach you how to do something. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else? Discipleship. Mm-hmm. What else? I think the real secret was that Jesus was not really selling them; they were buying from him. Mm-hmm. And that makes a big difference. What would we get? What did we talk about earlier? They were attracted to him. He didn't have to sell them anything. And neither do we. The Lord will attract them to us. We just have to be prepared and, and do it right. We have to get off the pews and start planning. I mean, you know, we're called. And that's the one thing I love about this church is that first, the first thing that I said to my wife is, man, these people know how to pray. I never heard prayers like what I've heard in the Adventist church, ever. And, you know, it was only about a year ago that I was visiting a Spanish church, and they had a guest speaker in, and, and it was really, it was very, very, very good. And the preacher is just, the pastor is a really nice guy, Juan Acosta. And uh, it's just kind of one of those guys you meet and you just click, you know, and it was, it was great. It was before the ASI Mid-America uh, convention in Kansas City. And, you know, we're just sitting there, and I got, you know, one of my friends with me, and 
and service ends, and they all gather around to say their, their closing prayer. They all come forward, the whole church comes forward, and they get a big circle. And he looks over the crowd, and, you know, me and Tony are standing back there. He goes, Mark, come up here. And I'm going, okay. Well, I walk up there. And he goes, and he hands me the mic and goes, and I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> Will you have our closing prayer? And, you know, I had never done anything like that before. And I tell you what, I was like instantly sweating, you know. So anyway, you know, I, I just said, you know, first I just stood there, and I mean, just in total quiet. And, and to me, it felt like, 15, 20 minutes, probably only a couple seconds. But I sat there and closed my eyes and, and just let it go. And I couldn't even talk after this thing. We said goodbye to everybody, and we started walking down this long sidewalk to the parking lot. Tony's walking with me, and I go, I don't even know where that came from, Tony. And Tony goes, man, that was, that was awesome. And I'm like, dang, praise the Lord. You know, I mean, this, it's just Anyway, side story. It was really very, very uplifting experience. And, you know, and, and about church visits, too, I think that ought to be a requirement. If you're going to be on a church board, you need to be doing church visits. You need to be going and exploring other possibilities, other ideas that you can bring back to your church from the churches that are around you. I'm telling you, when I just do the ones that are in the Kansas City metro area, it was unbelievable some of the different things that I saw, you know, and the way things were done a little bit differently. And some very, you know, things that I, I don't think, you know, that's a great idea. But other things that were really neat that I would love to see our church incorporate without a doubt. So I highly recommend that. And also I think that promotes the fellowship of our churches that they can work together and communicate together if they build a relationship with each other. And I think if we're a church community, we cannot function without that. I mean, we have, to, we have to get to know each other. And I think there needs to be some requirements to start pushing people out there to go visit other churches, get ideas, get to know those people too, start collaborating, working with each other. I think it's a powerful, powerful thing. But anyway, that's another whole, I could give a whole seminar on that right there. Uh, follow up. Contact the person. We want to try to get something. We're, we're asking for their information. So we want to follow up with them and let them know we're praying for you. And we just wanted to get back with you and let you know that. And again, at that point, we always invite them to come and join us. And this time, we're not going to come and join us to this prayer group, okay? That might be a little bit big and intimidating to them. But we are, uh, have founded a group in Kansas City area that their mission is to establish small two-person Bible study groups all over the city, and so far we've got 60 of them. And what we're going to do is that those people, we have a small group meeting in your area, it's two or three people, you may know some of them, they're from your community. There's no more than four Adventists in any of these Bible studies. That's a rule. We have rules. <laughs> so, and, and the maximum number is between 8 and 10. So once they get to 8 to 10, they split into two groups. Okay? So they keep them under 10. All right, But this is an opportunity for us to invite them to a small group. And the person contacting this person will most likely be one of those people that's in one of the small groups in that area so they can meet them and invite them to their home and come over and we'll talk about you know, what your interests are. And they ask them what their interest is, which is another thing. 
And that's one of the things that we try to uncover quickly is to find out what their interest is, okay? So if we find out what's interesting, we can instantaneously transmit something back to them that will, that will show them that we have something in common. Does that make sense? I'm interested in that too. Creation's been confusing to me as heck. Took me years to understand it, but I got it now and I can share it with you. <clears throat> and that's what having other programs is a good idea to feed into, like small prayer groups. So we're using that to feed into. And this is, you know, the thing is, when you do these cooking programs or not smoking classes or parenting classes, disaster programs, they all, okay, have that same methodology to them. So imagine the power of what you're doing now if it was organized. The results will be phenomenal. So now we're back to our desired outcomes. I mean, do, are these reality? You know what, uh, the group Adventist United, which you will probably hear that tonight, uh, uh, seven minute members in action tonight. Their mission is, one of our goals is to baptize a thousand people, okay, by the end of uh, 2015. And I think we're gonna do it. I believe we will do it. But you guys can, anybody, I can change this to whole business desired outcomes and they are, would all be obtainable. Okay, they have to be real. And a lot of people think thousand baptisms and by the end of 2015, that don't sound real. You know what? It came out of our mouths at our, at our visioning goal setting meeting. So I, just by that, I think we can do it. And plus, you know, I think that, you know, I hear people going on these mission trips and, uh, you know, baptizing a thousand people in a pool and stuff like that. Man, I would love in Kansas City to rent a pool. You know, would love that. That'd just be so. What an event that would be. You know, Do it. I'm gonna. I'm going for it. Um. And then the plan continued. What did he do? He got everything together. Okay, and he said, "What? Go." Okay? He was confident that they were trained and prepared. So what did Jesus have for the disciples? What do you have? What do you have? That's right. He trusted them, didn't he? Because if he could trust them, he knew that you and you and you and you and you and you and you could trust him, could trust them, Okay? And that was attracting, wasn't it? That was attracting. We can be attracting too. The disciples were just people, okay? They were no different than any of us sitting in this room right now, okay? They weren't. We are disciples. We are the movement. The only thing about this that I found is we don't believe it. What do you think? You believe it? You have the opportunity to go back to your churches, to your businesses, and, and make them better. And make them better. And I think we can do it, and I think he's given us the plan to do it. And all we have to do is execute the plan. 
And I think these messages are coming to us now because we need to execute that plan. You know, my biggest frustration is, you know, not trusting myself enough, you know, to really attract, you know, my, my friends and my family, my children, the way I want to, you know. You know, my, my hurdle is I was raised a Catholic. My children were raised a Catholic. You know, and it's hard. You know, my kids, my youngest are 25-year-old twin girls who are beautiful. They're elementary education teachers. They're getting on with their life, and they're excited about that part. And they do not want to hear about bad things to come because they've worked so hard to get where they are now that all they can see is, is that, you know, hey, I've got my thing going. And I mean, that's really great, and I'm super proud of them and very, very happy. But I know that leads to temptation and deception, you know, because I've been there too, and I know that. And I love them with all my heart, and I need to get, I need to get there. I need to get there with them. And I don't want it, in, not in a discouraging way, but in the hope of salvation that Jesus gives us. Any questions? Do we have a mic? You want to pass around the mic or? Go ahead. Below the zero line, Well, the comment was to, instead of doing the, the larger group Bible study or prayer meeting, is to do, you know, just jump right to, you know, the small group studies. And that is a great idea. You know, I think that that fosters a lot of participation by a lot of people. And what I mean by that is, is if you have, and that's the philosophy Adventist United has, is that if you want to spread something and you are a movement, you start organically, and that's how you do it. And you do it through small meetings. You do it through relationship building. And that's why, you know, we talked about relationship building practices. I'd mentioned it in the in in the presentation is very, very critical in any organization to grow is to manage relationship building practices. They don't buy from, what's your name? But they don't buy from Bud because he doesn't have any relationship with them. If he is, he's selling cars or something where they're in and out and gone. Hopefully he doesn't sell cars. But um, sell cookies, that's awesome. <laughs> I like cookies. Did you bring any cookies? You could have brought cookies today. I brought highlighters. These are gel highlighters up there. They're Bible marking gel highlighters. Make sure you get one for your leaf. Um, Another terminology for it is friendship evangelism. What I have found is that I use every single opportunity that comes my way to witness regarding health. So that builds a relationship, that starts the relationship. Once you've given someone information that's going to help them improve their health, they, it gives them a warm feeling towards you. That leads then to a relationship. The next move then is to follow up to find out how are they doing. And in doing that, they will want to know more about you. They want to know you know, why is it you're so healthy? What are you doing to prevent yourself from getting diabetes and high blood pressure? And, you know, the health ministries is the entering wedge, and we really need to use it, capitalize on it, 
So once we make friends with these people, then we can invite them to our homes to show them how to cook healthy health, health foods. That can lead then to them wanting to more, know more about you and on and on and on and on. So you're taking steps towards um, evangelizing them. Well, and I got a great example of that too, is that one of our programs, we've developed a curriculum. We have four studies that we're recommending to our two-person groups that way. We know who's doing what study, and if we have somebody that's got somebody on east side of town that's doing a study, and they know somebody or a family member that they would love to hear this message, and they live uh, you know, on the west side of town, well, you can. There's a small group over there doing the same study. So it's really important to be consistent. Questions? Earlier, you mentioned finding out what people's interests are. Mm -hmm. um, how do you suggest finding out what people's interests are? Now, in, that, in that context, it was at the door. Yeah. Yeah. Just okay. touch on that. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, uh, there's so much more we could talk about. I wish we had so much more time here. But uh, there is programs that we, we have implemented, okay? One of them is Study Tracker. Has anybody heard about that? Okay. Well, you can do the surveys on there to identify people's interests. Okay, we use that kind of has the foundation to verbally, when we're meeting people, ask for their interests. And we use that program to record it. So we keep in a running database, and that also helps us keep track of going forward if their interests change, if we've answered that question. So we, it keeps moving. Okay, so that is, um, so you would, you would, so you would provide a list of things oh, yeah. that you would ask them, it, it, do any of these things interest you? Yes, not yes, what, what yes, we'd ask them, okay. do you have any questions about the Bible? I don't believe the Bible's real. I don't believe about creation. I don't, you just simply, a lot of times, just ask somebody, and they will not hesitate to tell you because it's natural to object. Right. You notice that? Is it natural to object? It is. It's very natural, especially about something that makes you uncomfortable. Uh, how soon does the follow-up should come right after executing? How soon should the follow-up come after the execution? Well, I'd do it immediately, okay? And immediately is always having that other thing to invite them to. But I would typically, we typically wait a week, two weeks. You go a month, you go 30 days, I'm not going to remember you, okay? Week, two weeks, how you're doing? And it depends, and really, you have to really analyze the person. If they're really excited, you know you've got their interest, man, I'd follow up with them next day. You know, we had a great talk last night. Is it, you know, I just had to call you and see if there was anything else. You know, so really, I, you know, I always encourage people to engage at the level of response. Have you ever heard that term? Engage at the level of response that you get immediately. Okay? And then let that dictate your follow-up. Does that make sense? Did answer your question? Okay. You can those 30-second commercials that you see. How often do they play those 30-second commercials. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're presenting anything, you need to be able to talk. You, you're, you're talking to people, engaging them at, you know, and that's where I got hung up a lot of times. I remember being in a perfect opportunity to witness, and I had nothing. Okay, 
And I'm like, oh, man. That's when I go, I need a 30-second commercial. <laughs> so you can apply that to your own witnessing, too. What is your witness? What is your 30-second commercial? What is your personal 30-second commercial? Anything else? I just want to add to the, to the survey thing, what he was saying over there. I've done a few door-to-door things with a survey. And what that does is it helps you start building that relationship with that person right away because you can see what their interests are. And when you see something that you have in common with them, you want to build that bridge. We call it bridge building, okay? You're automatically, oh, this person has an interest in this, and so do I, so you want to build on that bridge. And that'll help that person remember you when you come back on the follow-up. Mm-hmm. Good point. That's true. Anybody have anything else while I'm in the back of the room? No? Am I, am I out of time? What time is it? No, oh, we're a little bit over, but that's okay. We got another question. If you guys are okay, I'll keep going as long as you want. You got enough tape? <laughs> I got the thumbs up. Okay. If I work with many people, how, how can I impact them? If I work with a lot of people, how can I impact them better? Okay, define a lot of people. Defina muchas personas. 500 students and their parents and family. 500? Students, their parents, and... By yourself? Yeah. Okay. That's not possible. Okay. You need, to, you need to develop, you need disciples. You need disciples. You need to get a team and you get a good team. You're doing something that's not realistic. You'll never be effective and you're going to burn yourself out and you're going to be ineffective. Okay. And you need to have a very strong prayer group. Okay, get a team. Anything else? Okay. Um, We'll close with the word of prayer real quick. And um, I I appreciate you putting up with the technical issues. And and thanks for coming. I'm really happy that you found me. And I didn't think I'd have this many people, actually, (laughs) competing with Mark Finley. But uh, anyway, uh, let's close with the word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, um, I, I just you're amazing, and, and we love you, and it's just amazing how you interact with us, Lord, and, and, and interacted with us today, and, and thank you for allowing me to be your mouthpiece, and I pray that, you know, uh, we'll go back into our businesses, to our homes, to our communities, to our churches, and make them a better place, Lord, and make them a more effective voice for your gospel, Lord. Please bless us now as we go our way and bless us the rest of this wonderful ASI convention. And, and we just pray, Lord, that, that you'll keep your hand upon everyone here. Give us strength and give us your wisdom to be better husbands, fathers, mothers, grandparents, disciples of you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI. Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, 
please visit www.audioverse.org.